0: so welcome to the red review podcast jeremy hello hello mike how you doing i'm good thank you blustery monday night in um in london but uh had a good day and uh ready to do the first half of a three-part podcast episode how about you
1: uh, I'm I'm very well, and it's not quite so blustery here. But very excited about the three-parter. What's yes. the three What's the three-parter about?
0: So I am flying to Amsterdam this week. I've offset my carbon for anyone who cares, um, probably by by buying a tree somewhere um, for the APMP Europe proposal con, whatever they're calling it proposal conference so um, we thought we'd do a kind of three-parter so we'll have a quick chat now about what is happening going on at the conference then hopefully I'll be able to interview a few people at the conference face-to-face and um, you can one imagine what it would be like with a load of bid geeks in in the red light district of Amsterdam um, which the venue is right in the centre of, or right next door to the Red one of the red light districts in Amsterdam, so that'd be interesting. Ooh, yeah. And then we'll do a little roundup once I've been, and I can tell you how it was. Very good, very good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to actually. So, first APMP conference outside the UK, and actually, my only my third ever conference. I've only been to the UK one twice, and I'm not sure if I'll go this year. So, um, I thought I'd give the European one a try.
1: Very good, very good. Well, it's a bit of a practice for Nashville for me, certainly. Anyway,
0: yeah, what I can tell you how it is? Because you're you're not coming, are you? No,
1: no, no. But it's in terms of oh, can we t- can we announce that we're going to be podcasting
0: in Nashville?
1: I think you we have can. now. I think we can.
0: Not quite official. Nearly official. We have, to, we have to get the kind of oh, the dogs are. On the floor. Um, we have to get the kind of final agreement and logistics sorted. But in theory, Rick Harris, the man with the most amazing voice, I could just listen to Rick talk all day, um, has said yes. Of course, you can do a daily podcast at the conference. Um, he'll find us a room and give us people to come on it and stuff. So yeah, nice little practice room.
1: Very exciting.
0: Yeah. So, how's your day been? Busy? Yeah, not too bad. Just a, a
1: Morgan Sindling day-to-day, uh, strategizing some marketing stuff, stalking some people—the usual sorts of things. Very good. Stalking people, you know what it's like. Yeah, you know, figuring out who should come to your events and connecting it all back to your pipeline and all of that sort of client development stuff. Yeah, it's very, you know, good fun. Good fun.
0: I, li- I like that you're doing that as opposed to what used to happen in my previous firm which was someone in marketing would just send an email out to the partner saying can you invite people to this event that's next week because we've not invited anyone and you get a whole kind of ramshackle of random people turning up to to an event so that's good you're you're thinking about it
1: oh no yeah it's it's precision stuff mate we have to demonstrate ROI on
0: everything this is why I've not been invited then
1: (laughs) you haven't got any schools or stuff to build in Hertfordshire (laughs)
0: you could come and you could pitch to work on the airport in iceland perhaps or maybe my um, secret project in hong kong
1: or i think they'd get a bit of a nosebleed with that name um I, I'd, I'd be happy to go and take a look
0: uh-huh. not sure about hong kong at the moment but, well i was, um, was oh, going to say actually is so of course
1: I don't know, people who don't work in construction or property won't give a toss but mipping uh, the big property conference in the south of france that was due to take place next week has been cancelled
0: Good. Good. <laughs> the amount of public sector money that is wasted there is just ridiculous. So I'm very pleased that it's it's been postponed. I mean, it's it's still taking place in June, but yeah. Um,
1: Although it appears they've picked the same week as half term for everyone in the UK, so. Uh, the, the, the the chatter today. Well, the chatter today was that a lot of people won't really get their money back. So they've spent their budget, and they won't be able to go, and they've put it on half term. So we shall have to see. But I did, I, when I was driving home this evening, I did wonder if, if there might be a similar impact for your APMP thing in the Netherlands. I, I presume not. I don't know so if there's
0: any coronavirus in the Netherlands. No. I'll, um, I'll make sure I wear gloves. Um, so very briefly, Joes, the conference, um, it's a day and a half. So I kind of got my flights, so I could have flown out on the Thursday morning, but I, when I booked them, I assumed it was a two day, but it's a day and a half. So it starts midday on the Thursday and then runs through till kind of five-ish, I think, on the Friday. What's quite interesting is I must have missed the call for people to put papers in to present, but there's quite a lot of familiar faces from kind of UK APMP who are presenting. So... I think that's going to be quite interesting to see if some of the topics that people talk about, so Pippa's, Pippa Birch is presenting, yeah. um, David Gray, the MD of AM Bids presenting, or a panel about 40 under 40, um, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a few people presenting, and I think it'd be quite interesting to see if their content really translates into a European kind of mixed, mixed group of what, a thousand people or how many people, I think 400 people or something going, so... I think it'll
1: be interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's an interesting bidding social experiment, isn't it? Mixing uh, all of that together. i will be interested in the, the third part when you're rounding up how, we, how you found it.
0: Yeah, so with that being said, we will pause our recording now. And what you'll hear now will be, touch wood, a series of recordings done at the conference with people that I... Cornered, bored drinks for, or generally harassed until they wanted to speak to me. So, um,
1: very good. Best of luck, mate. I hope,
0: thanks. I hope everyone enjoys. Hello, Mike. Oh, hello. Hello. So, Jeremy, there are meant to be some um, vox pops and interviews here. <laughs> Yeah, so we recorded <laughs> okay.
1: the, the introduction for this one uh, a few days back before you went out bravely yeah. to Amsterdam, and uh, then you didn't really do what you said you were going to do, did you, mate? No. You're having too it, much oh. fun.
0: It wasn't, it. Uh, I suppose, kind of. It's, it was all in one room, so it was quite hard to do, and it was quite fast-paced, and so I actually did some stuff for someone else. <laughs> I did a little recording for BidHive, who, who had like a little thing and they were trying to get um, Vox Pops from um, bid professionals for their bid academy, which is remarkably similar to the bid toolkit. Um, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, but this is kind of like a crowdsourced training platform as opposed to a direct deliver training platform. Mm. Um, so I did that. And then I just didn't get any Vox Pops. So um, perhaps what we'll do is, we can talk through the APMP conference, um, and I will have to do some sort of punishment at some point.
1: Of course, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, go on then. What was what's the overall view of of the conference? How did you find it?
0: So, I thought, and this is no disrespect to the UK conferences I've been to, but it was probably the best APMP conference I've been to so far. It's only wow. my third, so you know, I've done two two UK ones. One of, one of which the venue was pretty poor, one of which I thought was pretty good, which was the l- one last year. But this this was actually really good. Um, smaller. So I think they said they're about 200 people, maybe. Um, wasn't too badly impacted by travel ba- travel bans and everything else. Although had it been this week, I'm sure it would have been very different. Mm. Um, nice venue. But yeah, I, overall, very, very impressed. Um, I think Tony and Rick and Peter and everyone else on the APMP did a um, a really good job, actually. So I think one of the one of the one of the interesting things was quite a lot of the presentations, whereby um, bid vendors, training vendors, you know, strategic proposals, different um, people from Shipley from around Europe, mm. and maybe that pushes the quality up a bit more. So it's a bit less peer to peer learning, like you get in the UK. And there was a bit of a higher quality of presentations, I thought, but maybe I'm just getting better at picking good presentations because I think sometimes the UK wants a bit hit and miss as to the kind of the level the the presentation or the workshop is pitched at. Um, but yeah, it was it was overall very good. I like the venue. So there was a single room at the front of the room was the um, kind of main conference hall there was some curtains two-thirds of the way down and then the kind of the catering area with the vendors at the back and there's a couple of syndicate rooms for for, for, for other bits um cent- centrally located in amsterdam across the road from my hotel which i had planned um which was very good um and yeah a nice mix of people a uh, quite a pretty strong uk contingent of maybe 20 or so people predominantly apmp um I guess, seniors like board members or former board members um, or 40 under 40 type people. But it was, yeah, overall very good. Were were you jealous, Jeremy?
1: I was a bit and I was sorry I couldn't go, but you can't do everything, can you? Um, And and to be honest with you, partly because I knew you were going, I I kind of didn't need to as much because I knew you'd go and feel it out in terms of our uh, events later in the year and I knew you'd be able to follow... Uh, a lot of it on social i guess um but it looked yeah it looked, it looked fantastic i th- i think there is something in and we will talk about our events um but i think there is something in having curated uh, a curated program um that that's on purpose rather than the the crowdsourcing thing has a place i th- i think there's a balance to be had um i also as you know don't agree with vendors being as involved in these things um but Yeah, like it's got to come from somewhere, isn't
0: it? I don't know about that. So I think it wouldn't have been the conference it was without the vendors being heavily involved, and in Mm. particular, it was um, strategic proposals definitely came out very strongly. um, In terms of probably the best presentations I saw were from both um, the key opening keynote and from SP and one of the presentations by one of their guys on kind of. Come on, guys. Essentially, if you kind of summed it up, it was: Come on, guys. There's a better way of thinking about this than just taking the body of knowledge and mm. applying it verbatim. You know, you've got to make got to make it your own. Applied knowledge and insight from outside of um outside of the sector. Yeah, not relying so much. Um, that
1: seemed pretty punchy uh, at, at an APMP conference. I thought, but fair play to them. Yeah, they're, but not, they're not it,
0: wrong. It was. It was in the right. It was done in the right way, right? So they weren't saying the body of knowledge or APMP syllabus is wrong. But what they're saying was is, and 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 this has always been my view of it, because the foundation exam tests your ability to remember the body of knowledge, mm. and that's only for someone one or two years in in theory. Although, you you and I both did it, and we were a lot further in than one to two years. Um, the practitioner then is apply is testing more your application of the theory, so it's less like, you know. Is it the business development manager or the bid manager who does the opportunity plan? Well, I can't fucking remember. In reality, it's who's best to who's best to do it. So there's still a tiny bit of that And the practitioner's amber not a lot. And then the then the professional is very much an assessment of your application and um in, impact on the industry. And I kind of think that's how in any organization, and any sort of professional body or certification body, that's how it works. You know, if you look at the RSES. To get through the first hurdle, you're very much showing you've worked in compliance with, mm. um, you know, their their guidance, their briefing notes, their ethics, their way of working. But someone who gets to a fellow who hasn't just done that for twenty years and become a fellow of the R.S.S. because they've followed the briefing notes that the R.S.S. put out. They've actually pushed the industry forward, and I think I, I welcomed that as a conference topic because it's probably a hard one to land right, and they did land it right. Mm. So they weren't bad mouthing the APMP. But they were definitely saying some of it was written in the 1980s and could be improved, and I think that was very, very important. And hopefully, a a topic that they'll take back because in the kind of the drive for more certification, development, keeping the kind of body knowledge, the industry thinking current, is probably really a really important role that the APMP has, and often that maybe might be overlooked beyond kind of certification and growing membership and conferences. Mm,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um well, no, I'm I'm pleased it went well. I I think what I take away from it selfishly for us is that I'm I'm very comfortable with our events. I'm I'm comfortable with our our method of it being different positioned differently and having a mix of vendors and and very senior people and procurement people. Um I I think positions us differently, but I think there's it's it's important that APMP lead in the way that they have there. And so it's good that it was strong.
0: But that's that, but that's, that's exactly it, isn't it? I mean, um, w- there should be a place that members can feel like they could put on events or, or or workshops or stuff without worrying they're going to be seen to be competing with or challenging the APMP because we're not. We're doing, you know, you and I do something different. Strategic proposals did their um, symposium this year, which I, I couldn't go to, but it looked very good. None of it's trying to take away from what the APMP does. You were just doing things differently and contributing to the overall overall industry. And I think, I think that's the real positive thing is I kind of felt a little bit last year that maybe they did see that we were kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it's just my personal view. I got, I got a personal view that maybe that was seen that we were trying to challenge, but actually with Rick kind of really getting involved with the podcast and being very vocally positive about, some of the stuff that we're doing in terms of the events and the um the podcast i think it softened people's views because naturally as bid people were a bit competitive and we're not trying to be competitive we're just trying to do things differently so that's definitely something to take away is that maybe having more panels that were done by senior industry figures uh, up the overall quality but there were some other good panels that i attended or, or good sessions that weren't by strategic proposals and shit, you know, And I just thought I could touch on a couple if you if you fancy hearing about them. Yeah, go for it.
1: Go for it. So,
0: so were, one one that got me thinking in particular was uh, a company I've never heard of called Patry, who I need to have a look at their product. But I think is a kind of a, a an online bid no bid kind of uh, widget or gadget. Chatted or Josh Ellis, who seemed really knowledgeable. You know, great career path in terms of heads of bids of major major multinational firms. Um, but what it got me thinking is actually, I still don't think bid no bins are do- done very right, even even places I work, because whilst we do them quantitatively now, you know, scoring stuff, actually, a lot of the data we use should be measured out with the bid no bid process and that data fed into the bid no bid automatically, you know, automating bid no bid decisions. And I don't think I've seen that done anywhere I need to have a look at Patrick, but I don't think Patrick does it. And that was really interesting. So, as an example, you know, of the relationship with the client. It's strategic, or do you actually score it on a scale of one to five or one to 10 or whatever? Mm. Or is there an actual metric that's drawn out of your CRM system that actually gives it a score that no one can change, i.e., it's made of a number of factors. It's not when the bid comes in, someone decides to give themselves a five out of five rather than four out of five in relationship. So kind of like evidence-based data. So if you had a CRM system, you know what's the activity of the of your sales team with the client level of seniority of the relationship, breadth of the relationships, the amount of hits you're getting on the website from that client, the amount of events they've engaged with, how many meetings you've had, how what, how mature is the relationship? All those kind of things can be measured and could be, as an example, brought into the bid be beyond just a how good your relationship on a scale of one to five. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm it wasn't what Josh was saying, but it got me thinking about actually automating bid, no bid another on profitability. You should know if there's an existing client or a client type, what your typical profitability is. And I, and I haven't ever ever seen, I've not done it where the likelihood of profit is factored into the bid, no bid using actual figures from the business, like live figures. Yeah. Like- oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's so often that you sit in a room with some fairly senior people and they've all got an opinion but no insight um yeah. it's not you know without data all you've got is an opinion and yeah I, I, mm. I think it's incredibly rare that people you know have the gumption to say hang on go and find out how much money we've made doing this stuff or what the risk is and the, the other one we've talked about a bit recently uh, is competition as well you know what's the what's the yeah. the, the, the insight on our com- competitors And our price point compared to theirs and, you know, have they got USPs? Have they got um, people that have worked with that client before? All of that sort of stuff. Um, We should be getting that in client account management cam stuff, but certainly in Capture. Um, But I guess we're talking about bids where Capture hasn't really been done because all of this stuff should be squared away in the Capture phase and a decision to pursue or not much earlier on made. Rather than when a bid's about to come out or has come out,
0: yeah, but but yes, yes, you're right. So I I completely agree. And, and funny enough, at, at Mace, it, it will move forward probably this year. But we're talking about scrapping the term bid, no bid, and it's go, no go, mm. because it's a subtle change. But actually, if we say go, no go, we should be doing it earlier in the sales process or in the capture process. Yeah, not a bid or no bid. By the time the bid comes out, you should have already made the decision and currently we whilst we make go no go decisions in our in our capture activity and like pipeline reviews and that sort of stuff we don't actually have a formal bid no bid go no go until we get documents from the client which Mm. which i hadn't really thought about until i got to the conference and that session from josh from Patrick really kind of got me thinking again about kind of probably taking my eye off the ball in terms of how do you get the right governance around capture and go, no, go pre-bid. So I thought that was really good. Excellent. Um, other one from the first day was definitely, so one thing I find about this conference, probably the most useful thing is chatting to great bid people. Yeah. And I was, I was really, really happy to see a couple of people there who I'd probably not seen since our, probably since our dinner, actually, when we did our proposal forum dinner with um john and and, and other that, people. that that dinner um, we haven't told anyone about oh yeah <laughs> well, <just> sitting there.
1: <laughs> edit it out move on <laughs> no,
0: no, one, no one knows it. it's chat it's chat and mouse rules no one knows no one knows who's there apart from me you and and uh, uh john williams so fine um i was just looking down but i don't see anything other else i think well, sec- so there's a really second interesting day stuff. i was gonna say Yes, yeah, second day is what's next on my list. So um, really interesting presentation on AI from a chap from APMP Romania. I think he said it might have been a Shipley chap. So again, a vendor doing the presentation that maybe is a bit of a higher quality or moving the industry forward. Um, some of the logic was a bit, um, a bit kind of uh, high level, I suppose. You know, if we take a macro view of the whole the whole working working economy, and we say where men and women sit in terms of typical roles, and where AI will p- impacts men and women because there are more women in bids, there'll be less AI in bids. You know, it, it was a bit there was a bit of kind of jumping to conclusions from data, but the insights on AI, I think, were very valid. Which is, um, it's going to take a long time, maybe ten years, to actually really impact the industry, because whilst you'll get the um, kind of the innovators like we have talked before about Xerox or IBM who have got these kind of AI driven bid platforms they're only going to be accessible for a long time to the multinationals you know the BAE systems or the or the Capital One uh, credit card you know the banks these kind of massive tens of thousands of pounds deploy bid platforms but what was really interesting was he kind of had done some research to the platforms at the end a, little, a guy from company called i think something i think it was like win to be Be to win um came up who's french chap and they've got a specific ai tool that purely looks for inferred terms and requirements in documents so you could set, you could set a tool mm. right that says find all the terms in this document say the bidder should do this or the bidder will do that or the you know it can find the actual terms and the requirements what about all the implied ones where the language is a bit more willy and maybe they're not saying you should do it but but we we kind of like this sort of thing and you could pick that up in a good bid person will pick up the documents and weave that into the bid they've developed a tool i guess in french at the moment that can read text and pick out the implied language as well as the direct language and i thought that was really interesting and i, and I can't be really thinking that maybe what will happen is rather than seeing wholesale adoption of adoption of platforms that have machine learning type ai in their in their infrastructure we might see a few kind of little startup innovators that do that yeah. address specific problems well, that's what i was going
1: to say i don't think it's a 10-year thing but i don't think we'll be able to forecast it i i think there'll be an uber that comes along or a, a group of little bits and pieces that when you put it together is quite powerful i think i i think someone small and disruptive will crack something that's fairly cheap or inexpensive for businesses of all sizes to just leverage. Um, and it will suddenly make quite a big step um, or when you put those things together. Uh, so it'd be interesting to what it's a bit like bid hive at the moment in, in the, the sort of bid management online tools space, everyone's talking about it and it's, that's actually a fairly small business from Australia, isn't it? But there's, that's a really decent product, by the sounds of things. It's making a difference for a lot of people yeah. um so i think you'll suddenly over the course of a year or so something will suddenly but you know maybe in five years or maybe six maybe seven but there'll suddenly be a sprint um would be my guess but we'll just have to see it's, it's a really interesting yeah, space think,
0: think. but it'll just i think it'd be interesting
1: and then you know classically with tech though a lot of people worry that means it's going to put loads of people out of a job it worked like any industry change like the talk of industry 4.0 it'll just change shift the emphasis somewhere else and you'll just have to reskill to focus on capture or the creative bit or whatever it is
0: or just the fact that it will actually mean bid managers have got the time to do the bid properly well there is that yeah how many bid managers you know it's overstretched because a lot of the admin and coordination takes up the bit where they really add value which is the creativity and getting the story and um you know selling the proposition rather than telling about the proposition mm-hmm. and so actually some of these tools i think will just naturally make it easier for bid people to do their job rather than replacing them yeah fair enough uh, and that was funny that was the outcome from this chap who i didn't get his name but apmp romania um shipley um was that yeah it, it should actually just make our jobs easier right in the short term at least rather than like your or your, your writers are going to be replaced by a computer that could write perfect persuasive text every single time yeah yeah it's just not not gonna happen um and and then you know do you know what the final thing was so the final end of the the day two and i was a bit knackered anyway because i've been networking and on the go for two days straight was there was a kind of a a back-to-back of sessions by uk people pippa birch did her workshop on kind of difficult subject matter experts david gray from am bids did a session on people versus process with rocket dogs, docs, which is an interesting platform. We'll talk about another time. And then the final session of the day was a, a panel with the 40 under 40 winners from various years, which was, um, which was interesting. And it was a nice, it was a nice kind of round off to the, to what was a busy two days. So, um, three great sessions back to back and, a, and Pippa and David were on the 40 under 40 as well. So, um, yeah it was a nice kind of end to the um to the event to kind of cool down taking everything bit of thinking time before i then went off to the airport and came home so um yeah it was uh overall if they when they do one next year and the next year it is second week of april i'd highly recommend People that listen to this podcast to go because a it's cheaper than well it was cheaper than going to the UK one because the flights if you book them in advance are like fifty quid and the hotels are dirt cheap in Amsterdam uh, so and secondly I thought the some of the content this time was really good and I'm sure it'll get better next time as well.
1: Mm. Well, I'll um I'll probably commit to sponsoring it next year if I'm giving an a, appropriate opportunity and let's see if we, maybe we should pitch for a headline speaking slot. If they, sounds like they, it sounds like they sounds uh, like they give them away to their friends. Hopefully, we're we're good enough friends to get one next year.
0: No, I I don't, I don't know. I, I think they had a keynote, and then John Williams had to step in at last minute. So I don't think it was a case of if you sponsored, you got the speaking slots. But I think their their keynote and the in the on the day one pulled out with sort of forty hours notes, and oh, John wow. had his presentation that he did at the his symposium because someone I was talking to you went to that and they said, yeah, it was good. I've heard, I heard it three weeks ago at, at John's John's private event, but it was probably the best bid keynote I've heard ever. He doesn't listen to this, so I can be honest. It was probably the best keynote I've ever heard on bidding and kind of where the industry's going. 20 years and 20 insights are just phenomenal, um, phenomenal insights and detail and and kind of views and just hit, hit the nail on the head. But what do you expect from one of the best people in our industry? You know? Yeah.
1: Well, they are. They're the best firm in that space. Fair play to them. Can't knock it. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I think a few interesting things for us to take away for our events and the APMB to take away, you know, get the pace right, get the quality of the speakers right, good catering. The catering is pretty good. Um, nice venue, which helps because it kind of – you've got kind of to get that feeling of um, quality, um, and, and Amsterdam. I wish I'd stay for the weekend, but I couldn't because we couldn't. Um, we had stuff on at the weekend, but um, a great venue as well, actually. Lots of people had partners coming over after the event to do like long weekends in Amsterdam. So, yeah, they'd smartly done it well.
1: Thursday and Friday, hadn't they?
0: Is that right? Yeah, it was quite a late finish on the Friday, actually, which I was a bit surprised about. Mm. Didn't finish till five. So there's a few people who had to leave a bit early to go get trains or planes, but, um, and then I managed to leave and get the train in the wrong direction. Oh no. And so a 15 minute trip to the airport took me 45 minutes and I suddenly ended up in some random random dutch city (laughs) but thankfully like i didn't get like a train to belgium or something and then two hours away so i managed to get back imagine imagine explaining that to kate i'm i'm interrailing around
1: (laughs) around the around the continent (laughs) yeah right shall we Shall we move on we've got question of the day to blast through haven't we
0: oh we have yes um thank you jeremy for keeping me on track um we have so let me play the jingle and we will get into it go for it so question of the day came by a linkedin from a chap called alfie kenwood who's a bid development manager there's a new job title: bid development manager at a firm called vantafall which i didn't look up what they do but um uh anyone who wants to find alfie and give them give him your feedback on the question do you find them on LinkedIn um, so he said, what happens after a career in bid management when you reach the top of the salary curve for a bid manager what 's a realistic pivot for a bid manager so uh, either sideways or So upwards? I think
1: we talk about it in two different ways because uh, so we're going I was at the web app conference this week in milton Keynes, and we're going we 've got a session on that which is that will be our next episode. Um, but this came up in conversation and Tony round from APMP was there. He was, it was me and him. We were the only two dudes there, but he made a really good point uh, because they put a poll up, which was, you know, how long, how much longer will you stay in bid management? Uh, That kind of a little bit negative. And Tony made a great point that actually our discipline's changing and it's beginning to accelerate in how it changes. And in fairness to Tony, I've, I've said it before, fair play to him particularly um, and others in APMP both the, the state space bit and the uk bit they have you know for many many years i thought apmp was a pretty dusty uh, geeky thing um and didn't take it particularly seriously and that was very much the standpoint of mace when i was there but um actually in the last couple of years it's really begun to do some good stuff it's it's moving there's a long long way to go but it's moving in the right direction which is great so tony's point was in 10 years time bidding won't be the same so to assume that you would need to leave it or pivot to do something different is probably not a right assumption if if it is it's about 10 years time that you would reach that point because we the world will be a bit our world our discipline will be a bit different and certainly it's part of the cause of of my business the social cause of it is to help affect that so I wholeheartedly kind of agree with Tony that we shouldn't just assume that you reach the end of a rail and um, have to go off and be something else. Um, But having said that, there is a realism point that there does become a bit of a glass ceiling for bidding people because there are only so many heads of bids jobs. Um, And we do have full employment in our discipline, although not most people fell into it, all that sort of stuff we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think there, you do find there are some interesting examples of where bidding people have gone on to to secure some interesting and fairly unique roles in organisations. Um so I was talking at the WIBAC conference over lunch with a, a couple of clients of mine, actually, that um, I've begun to see things like senior bid managers go on to become chief of staff for a very large, well-known well, well known management consulting firm, you know, the UK chief of staff to the UK CEO. Interesting. Because because I think the great thing about, one of the things we were talking about, which I feel quite strongly about, is if if graduates at, or kids at university in their second, third year of their degree realise the exposure that you get as a bidding professional to senior people, to, you know, interesting moments in, in how business unfolds, they'd all bloody jump at the chance to be bidding people as long as they didn't realize that in some organizations they'd get flogged to death. Um, but, you know, we, we are there in that moment on some of the, you know, the, the big deals that make a big difference and create extraordinary value for our employers. That's a great place to be as, as a grad. And if you follow that through your career, bidding people get shit done, don't they? Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're the, we, we pull the strings, we influence the, the right outcomes. We we understand how to run projects really well because a bids a project the same as any other. We understand how to win business and, and, and create value for organisations. So I think there's an interesting space developing of that kind of fairly niche role of whether it's a strategy role in the business, whether it's that chief of staff type thing, And then also, of course, as we've talked about before, there is the advent of capture in the UK. So in the States, there are capture roles. So I I wrote an article uh, recently for Martin Smith's Bid Solutions, BQ, Bidding Quarterly, thing that they 've just put out last week or the week before My, mine's the very last article, so I, I would advise people to read from the back forward selfishly <laughs> um, <laughs> but i did I made a point that capture is the next great opportunity for bidding people to to uh, broaden their sphere of influence it's you know there's lots and lots of people in the states who have the job capture manager uh, if you if you go on linkedin and, and if you're searching for a job and put capture in. Uh, you pretty much only find jobs in the States. There may be one or two for the big, largely American owned defense businesses in the UK. So yeah. when I last did that about three months ago, anyway, But I, I think the 2020 among other things is the year of capture with Martin's publication on that APMP finally releasing their micro accreditation, although not to their training providers. Thanks Jabs. Um and, uh, you know, people suddenly starting to take and pass that exam. I, I think it, it's it's going to be a new space for people to go and um, earn a living and have very significant influence on their business that they work for.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think from that it depends on – because a bid manager is a very broad role. Um, I think it depends on where your skill sets are. And you're right, one of them is that you could be a really good organiser – manager of people, creator, of, you know, a of people and information and that kind of those more kind of operational chief of staff, business management roles really suit some people. I think I think actually there's a there's a thing of um bid managers moving to a head of bids but in a small firm first. So um one thing I've talked about with someone who I won't name for obvious reasons is they're kind of in a a relatively senior bid management role, but there isn't a direct route for them to be ahead of bids in the business they're in and they're in a very large multi multi-country business. Um is actually well, what about if you took a step down in terms of company size and kind of profile of the company, but you were taking a step up in terms of um seniority in the role. So it might not be a salary change because you might not ending up mm-hmm. you know might be might be the same salary, but you'd be ahead of bids rather than bid management because i then kind of um cut your teeth on being ahead of bid management in a smaller firm where you can have a bit more freedom to shape the end product of what the bid function is i think you're a person who really enjoys kind of and that would be a challenge let's not let's not be clear about that because because smaller firms generally generalization don't don't sue me um will have a less kind of established but maybe that the the team does as part of their day job, you know, operations team does part of the day job. Chance for people to move sideways. They shouldn't always be looking to move up and down. So moving sideways into a head of bid role that is the same kind of salary, but more responsibility to develop your skills, as a long term career plan that maybe you then pivot back into a multi- more larger multinational where there's going to be a salary and jump, and you can say you've already been ahead of bid somewhere else. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, I've got a point of view that's that's developed since I started the business, uh, which has been a bit of an interesting journey. I guess I was aware previously, but there, there's a natural notion that people think working for a, or targeting working for a big firm is where their career should go. And the bigger the firm, the better. Um, when actually, you know, the, the chief exec of a business that I used to work for, who I helped um, raise the value of his business and sell it. So he now lives on a yacht. Um, He's written a book called Unsexy Business, and it's about how actually those tier two, tier three businesses, subbies, uh, manufacturers, suppliers, there's actually far more wealth to be created further down in that supply chain and forbidding people who really understand how businesses work and how to win things and create value you could step into one of those organisations in a bd director role. Um, is that get equity in a business there's yeah. there's all different types of opportunities. People shouldn't just assume that you need to go and work for the you know the one that's got the biggest office
0: on the Thames. Is that um Jamie Waller Unsexy Business. I've just found his book. We'll get It is. Yeah. We'll give a version, we'll give a copy of the book away to somebody who gives us some feedback on this question. I'll um Fair enough. I've just looked at unsexy business: how twelve entrepreneurs in ordinary business have achieved extraordinary results, and how you can too. Um, yeah, we'll we'll um we'll do that as a giveaway. I'll I'll I'll, I'll record something properly at the end. He's a
1: he's a, he's a great example, Jamie. He's not. He's I'm not his biggest fan for for ver- for various personal reasons in some ways, but you can't knock the fact that. He was an extraordinary grower of businesses, and and actually probably the most naturally gifted bidding savvy leader that I've ever come across. You know, he, he gave when I worked for him, he gave us a bid war room. Work, you know, was at every kickoff of every bid, and really took part in the whole strategy piece. Uh, it, it, really fantastic business development yeah. strategy and bidding he's person. Got, Fair he's got play. some good bearing bear in mind.
0: He's got some good creds. Oh yeah, Dragons Dead. Yeah, it's he possible has. to learn some, not to learn something from this book great insights Duncan Ballatine mm. has given him creds for his book uh,
1: yeah well he did fun, and interestingly I'm, I'm beginning to do some work with Cranfield University and Jamie works with them too he he put all of his board unfortunately just before I joined they, they all went and did a, a management uh, special management qualification at Cranfield which did help really change the game in, in how they ran and and grew the business so um yeah we, we crossed paths with cool uh, fair play to him he met he met a lot of i think he met the guy who owns hotel chocolat there or, wow. or something else but, but yeah, he's, mate, he's mates with lots of i girls. think the
0: third pivot potentially which is what i've kind of considered as well is if you've come from a technical background into bidding let's say like i have and in professional services probably particularly relevant mm. moving back into a technical role but with your skills of work winning and bidding. It, probably quite valuable because and generalization but generally um a lot of people who get very senior in their um professional kind of professional services careers there's a glass ceiling for them when they can't sell they get they're very good technically but they're not particularly good at bidding winning work dealing with clients and actually there's a reverse of that reverse that there of the glass ceiling which is you might not have as 20 years of technical delivery but you probably understand the the premise and have worked in it because you've been in in the industry and you could go back in but with a strong work winning capability which particularly in professional services as i work in uh, consulting would be a real game changer to have someone who really knows how to do bids and how to win work in your professional services team and can still do the day job as well so i think i think there's probably a number of different pivots isn't there um, thank you for your question Alfie uh, we'll send Alfie a copy yeah, we'll send one. Alfie a copy of it as well shall we yeah I'll get a couple of uh, and I want a copy now so I'll, I'll put three copies in my um, shopping basket on um, not on Amazon because I don't pay their tax so Jeremy we, have, we had to make a uh, bad news announcement yesterday which was that for the time being um, all our all our events are cancelled. Um which is a which is a shame, but probably yeah. um the right thing to do given the situation. Um but we have decided to ramp up the red review so um whilst in the next few weeks we can't talk about events and we just secured um C D partner to be the headline sponsor for our conference in June, which I'm you know, they're very, very kindly said they would carry on that sponsorship and whenever we do decide to relaunch the um, bids and procurement live things they'll stick with us, same with Hobbs who were supporting the next breakfast mm-hmm. event um, and Stottles who were supporting the conference a uh, bit of a shame really so a bit of a downer but um, I... well, it,
1: yeah, it, is, it is what it is um, I mean I'm, I'm going to need the time to focus on other things during the next three to six months I think Um, So winning the time back to drive on our digital stuff, but also figure out how to continue working with clients in the consultancy bit of the business too is uh, going to be a bit of, you know, it's sort of action stations, to be honest. It's been a shit week.
0: Yeah, Um, I suppose actually um, not to be an ambulance chaser, but in the world of where bidding has traditionally, training has traditionally done face-to-face, you must be. Um, there must be an opportunity for a digital solution like yours, like the Bid Hive Academy, like others who uh, others do, video training as well, um, to um, kind of help businesses who perhaps had a development program for their teams and now have to pause it and be a bit of a lower morale and difficulty. So I guess there's a, a positive for training firms out there that that they can kind of pivot to a more digital digital option and. Um,
1: Yeah, well, I mean,
0: train your staff.
1: Yeah, well, I do. You know, my business is the is a uh, APMP digital ATO. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: So there are live training ATOs that won't be able to pivot like me to to continue and to focus on the digital stuff. Uh, But fundamentally, there'll be lots of organisations of all sizes that will have people now sitting at home working from home, either working on bids and proposals that are going on still right now that haven't been canned um, or probably likely to will be that a number of procurements will be delayed um, so it's probably a good idea to get those people uh, in a place where they can hit the ground running match fit all of that sort of stuff when it when it comes back out in, a, in three months time or something Yeah, I'm going to have to so, tell you about this,
0: this yeah. client I had this week so they sent that message last week saying because of the ongoing uncertainty we're going to delay the announcement of the uh, pqq decision as to who's got through to tender um but we you know we'll, we'll update you next week or so so now an message this week so basically saying we're extending our period to evaluate because of the impact on the virus of the virus but whatever happens you're not getting an extension on your tender so you'll still only get six weeks whenever we launch it and i was just like did you have to say that like come on you know just think what you're saying here you, you know client um you said we we need longer because we've got staff shortages and we need to do some time in terms of business resilience and in our procurement team but when we come to market you're not getting any more time yourselves and that's just like yeah but fuck fuck you guys yeah we, we'll,
1: we'll make sure we're okay <laughs> um uh, yeah, yeah. Thought, no not not yeah. great some not funny great. procurement
0: um, people out there
1: yeah there is but yeah, no, you're, i I'm never, i never have been one to be an ambulance chaser. But fundamentally, this could be the making of the firm in some ways. That um, there is a golden opportunity to uh, leverage our unique digital capability. We've, we've got the only uh, integrated online bid processing guide with training content and tools to download. That's a yeah. fact in the world, um, and it's APMP accredited. So. There's there's got to be something in that. So yes, the, our marketing plan very quickly changed on Friday for the coming weeks. Obviously, um, you know Jules and I had a, a bit of a fa- fairly tricky session because we've gone and created a load of content, including videoing a load of content only on Friday last week um, on a campaign, our 55-25-20 campaign around building momentum. So there's a blog post that's gone out. Um, about all of the bits of our business and how we've brought them together to drive momentum in raising win rates across entire organizations rather than in pockets because um, people learn they, they pick up 20% of their learning in structured training courses 25% through social learning like mentoring coaching um, that kind of stuff and 55% uh, on the job so We've got structured learning, which can be webinars. Uh, we've got uh, coaching and uh, delivering modules of graduate schemes, leadership development schemes, etc., which create the social pieces 25. And then obviously the bid toolkit's there every day, wherever anyone needs it at the point on a live bid, anywhere in the world uh, with its micro learning exactly when they need it. But unfortunately I've gone and spent a load of time building that campaign to run for the next three months. And we just have to, focus on just flogging the digital bit
0: yeah
1: but it is what it is it's the same for everyone
0: yeah so anything exciting on in the next week for you
1: figuring out what the fuck to do for the next three months (laughs) I think (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's going to be in in terms of you know my my uh, client facing time it's going to be interesting in in how that's gone it's going to go I mean Morgan Sindel uh, Dave Roussel my my um, client at Morgan Sindall, my, my guy that I work with most, has been absolutely fantastic this week with me. Um, but we're going to have to figure out this week. You know, in effect, I'm executing a business a, a growth strategy which involves going and seeing fairly senior people in client organisations. Um, am I going to be able to continue doing that in that fashion? Don't know. Going to have to see. Uh, what, how, we, how that pans out and then my other clients from I'm a non-exec or coaching people or, or delivering work I mean certainly we've cancelled not just our bids and procurement live breakfast events and our conference but also all of my live training delivery uh, yeah, open yeah. courses anyway um, so I've got some in workplace courses booked which will be interesting to see if they need to switch to webinars which is fine um, but in terms of but an interesting week coming spend, up
0: then Certainly. Yeah, it's gonna be,
1: be, be interesting to see when we'll have to. Obviously, we're gonna. The other news, I guess, is we're gonna switch the podcast to weekly. Um, which the, the you know the feedback from Web App, all anyone wanted to tell me was how lovely Mike is. Um,
0: I'm well. not really. Nice. No, he is.
1: He's. Is, um, he well, yeah, Mike. we've got
0: we've got up, um, haven't we? So we've got a bit of a, a back now, because I've done. An, obviously, you couldn't join me. I've done an interview with Kevin Ayres from Seven Seconds to Win. Um, which I, I found really interesting he thought I was prompting him too much to talk about his business so I hope it doesn't come across as a sales pitch but I just find his business fascinating it's kind of a video first um, sales business um, mm. we've got your recording from the WebApp conference the recording of your panel which was on yep. stream. screen um, and we've got hopefully a session booked in with Vicky Jackson from IntelliTender um to talk about kind of mentoring and developing people so we've got a good timeline of um episodes coming up so i think for the time being going to weekly um should be good we just need to think about um how we make sure that we keep consistent in getting them out because uh, all of a sudden thing i've got i've got for instance, i've got a big strategic grade bid on the moment that will quickly absorb my life so and, and i imagine doing it remotely is going to be even tougher than face to face so there's going to yeah, be yeah. challenges but our commitment is at least next month or so we're going to be weekly because we've got enough content to put out so i think it's going to be good and then i came up I think so. with a new venture which we need to have a chat about around um bid tech so we'll uh, see how that develops over the coming coming months as well and maybe a bit of quiet time not going out as much, not doing as much stuff. Obviously, my, all the labour and politics stuff I do has been all been cancelled. The election, mayor election in mm-hmm. London, has been cancelled. So, there's a bit more time to do a bit more interesting stuff. I think but it should be it should be interesting, and hopefully, we can provide some real value to um, people in the community
1: yeah and uh, again you know at, at the web conference this week you know we've got the, the recording of that coming but there was some really nice feedback uh, about the podcast actually so um thank you to our, our listeners for for sticking with us I, th- I think it's really beginning to get somewhere because we should say actually so we're recording this on the 14th of march 2020 uh, our first episode which i listened to yesterday actually it's really interesting how people should go back and listen to the first one and see how it's it's changed a little bit uh, um our first episode was uh, a year and a day ago it's 30 oh months.
0: we're a year old
1: we're a year old yeah uh, i, I hope they sound better on i'm
0: on my brand new microphone today so um let's see how the quality is on this one it's taken a while to get it fixed and sorted but i have a fluffy microphone thing in my hand right now so um Hopefully, the quality mm. better. I mean, the, the, the other thing that, that did
1: come home—the the other thing did come home to me at the WebApp conference—is there's some fairly senior people listening to this, um, and and potentially <laughs> fairly fa- fairly big potential clients and prospects for me. So I've been told off for my swearing. Um,
0: I'll tell them to the fuck t-
1: off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in particular there's, there's there's a lady called lisa who i think is i won't say where she's from or uh, etc but one of the best bidding people i've ever come across and she came on she bought a bunch of people on one of the first courses i delivered when i first uh, launched the business and uh, I, yeah almost so good she's almost intimidating and she was at wib and uh, it was lovely to hear that she listens to us in the car on her on the way to work there you go. So
0: hello, did Lisa. You, did, did, did Lisa tell you off for swearing or was that someone else? Oh, it was Lisa who told me off, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. We need to watch our fucking language. Right. We um, laughed about it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we're at the end of the podcast. So Alfie, think if you your question, we'll send you a book and we'd be interested to hear people's views on Alfie's questions. So a potential career pivot um, for a bid manager when they're kind of at the top of their bid management profession now yeah. uh, we'll select one at random and give away a copy of that book and i'm gonna to have to get a copy how, how do, and add that to my rack of um books that i haven't yet read
1: how do people get in touch with us again
0: oh well 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 signposted say so twitter yeah. rent review pod or linkedin just message me or jeremy and there is a link rent review linkedin thing that katie schedules um kind of posts on so you can comment on that um alfie actually just direct messaged me on linkedin so drop dropped me a message and said okay. during the podcast drop as a um uh dropped as a question or there is um the redview podcast at gmail.com but all the links to contact us are in the show notes so if you go to shortthoughts.micreader.me um and you'll see on, on my kind of short thoughts blog which is a kind of relatively informal brain dump type blog um so there's probably some conflicting views in there over the years as i've done it um not like jeremy's stuff which is very good quality and curated and, and and probably has been copy edited as well so there's all sorts of spelling mistakes and edits in mine because i can't write for shit um <laughs> all, all the show notes are in there so we talk about something we try and make sure it's linked there so hopefully we're again adding more value by um sharing stuff on the in the show notes cool right jez we are at time katie's just brought me a coffee my poorly dog who's who's had his injections yesterday and has developed a bit of a sniffle is um next to me and i'm going to go and enjoy the weekend so thank you for joining me today
1: thank you as always mate and thank you thank you to listeners see you thank you
0: listeners see you later bye bye